All right, let's just send it. We're gonna send it in five, four, send it. Speak louder. <clears throat> you gotta love like a man and fight like a soldier for those you love till the day you get older. Say what you mean and mean what you say. A man is faithful. Come what, come what may. What's up, dudes and chicks? It's your boy Jude back for another great, not amazing, but good episode of Go Forth. Welcome. Hello, and it's me, the other guy. <laughs> Jude, I thought we decided we weren't going to say dudes and chicks anymore. No, we decided we weren't going to say chicks and dudes anymore, because that sounds abnormal and forced. Are you trying to say women can't be first? Women should always be first. Chivalry's not dead, people. Okay. More about that later. All right, so what's going on today? Um, not much. I'm sitting next to you. That's not what I meant. <laughs> drinking a Red Bull. Sorry, Mom. Mom always taught me not to drink energy drinks. Man, you... I feel like there's a lot of moments where I say, like, man, I don't want my mom to hear that. It's not good. Love you, Ma. <laughs> um, what's going on today? What? What? What's going on today? <laughs> what, what? What's going what's on going today? <laughs> start, start rapping. This podcast is just going to be Christian and I rapping, so you're in for a surprise. Christian's trying to think of a rap. I can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had his eyes like rolled back in his head trying to think of a rap just now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, since you last heard our voices we have done quite a lot actually um we finished the course the ifc we went to france for like five days which was incredible actually we should talk about france for a second because france was something else yeah it was like a whole different country (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but jude what were some of the coolest things we saw in france Some of the coolest things we saw. I think we stayed in really cool places um, and also saw really cool things. (laughs) But um, Brother did a great job, like, organizing where we would stay. We stayed at um, where St. Vincent de Paul lived. So we stayed there for two nights. And then we stayed at, um, gosh, I always forget the name. (laughs) Matre Mart. Matre Mart. Um, Walmart? Walmart. We stayed at Walmart one night. No. Um, but it's, it's a church, a basilica at the top of the hill, um, overlooking Paris and adoration has been going on there for 134 years. So we slept there and we had the opportunity to go to adoration all night. But as you could probably imagine, no one stayed there all night. Well, there was always somebody there cause that's yeah. one of the things, but, um, <laughs> that's one of the things. but it was amazing. I mean, just being Christian and I were able to like get up, um, and make like a time of adoration. So at the evil hour. The evil hour. Three a.m. Defending against all evil. Yeah. And the evil that we were defending against was sleep. At least <laughs> me, man. I was <laughs> super tired. Well, anyways, after that we went to Palais de Monial. <laughs> I don't even know how to say. Palais de Monial. Palais de Monial. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> This is the place where St. Mary Margaret Alacoque had the apparition of the Sacred Heart. That was something else. That was 
I don't even know how to describe that. It's beautiful. Paralimineo is my favorite. It's just a really small, humble city. Um, and you really feel God's presence there. So yeah. if you're ever in France and you're looking for a cool place to go to have a nice experience of God and nice time of prayer. Paralimineo. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. And, and then, then, then we went to my favorite place. We went to A ours. bakery. No. <laughs> we went to ours, which is the parish of St. John Vienne. St. Jean-Marie Vienne. One of my favorite saints. Um, patron of priests. And we got to see his incorrupt body have mass there. It was incredible. And then lastly, we I was like super burned out at the end. I don't even remember. We went to like some basilica on top of this hill overlooking Leon. <laughs> it was it was super gorgeous and stuff, but I was like so burned out I couldn't even focus. Yeah. But yeah. Enough about France. Enough. I'm done talking. I'm not gonna talk about it for another day. Wow. Or week. I doubt that. Um But yeah, so France is amazing now. We're just hanging out back in Rome yesterday. Um, we were in Rome and then it started pouring and instead of trying to get out of the rain, we decided to just dance. We had a dance party in Mm. the rain with our Mexican friends. And it was fun. We had a lot of fun. I tried to do the worm and I failed. (laughs) Um, but good. Okay. So you ready to get into it, Crab? Always. Ready to send it? So. Siempre. Siempre. Okay, um, good. So, one thing that, I mean, with all of these experiences, I think it's good that, I think it's good that we talked about France because not many um, young Catholic people, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't, I don't hear of y- many young Catholic people who, like, even have the desire to go to such holy places. Are you trying to say that we're holy because we went? No. I'm saying, well, maybe we're a little bit more holy now, because <laughs> God's grace. But, um, but like, we have so many beautiful things in the church that, so many beautiful places, so many beautiful prayers, so many beautiful saints to model after. Um, we have such a beautiful church. We have such amazing, we have such an amazing history. So the question I pose um, to kind of start us off is one that a Monsignor came give us a talk during the course and it was beautiful. He, because he asked us, what do you guys think the problem is with the church? And I think that's a really humble and beautiful way to start giving a talk to a bunch of youth because it really, it really showed that it is about like the church is for us. The church is just as much ours as it is for the priest, the bishop the bishops, um, everyone. So for him to come and ask us, what do you guys think's wrong? With, what do you guys think is wrong with the church and what can we do to fix it? So yeah, Christian, I think, I think he asked it in a really cool way too. He said, what are you worried about? Like what worries you in the church? And it was really cool to hear some of these answers. Like some people were saying, father, you know, what worries me about the church is the family, you know, like the fall of the family. You know, there's no focus on, you know, raising your kids correctly or even, like, keeping your marriage intact. The divorce rate's insanely high. 
he would just listen. He'd listen. And there's really, really good answers. Um, so me and Jude kind of want to talk about some of them today. Some of the the worries and problems that we heard about. So where would you like to start, Jude? Um, I think one thing that initially stands out to me when I think of what's wrong with our church um, and what's wrong with, I would, I would almost dare to say Christianity across the board um, is that people, um, we aren't excited. We aren't excited about our faith and we aren't willing to take a step to say, you know what? I identify with this. Christ is calling me to this and I'm going to be excited about it. I'm going to be joyful about it. Normally, I think a lot of people, when, when you ask, like, are you Christian? Are you Catholic? First of all, it's a really odd question to ask somebody, which is weird and unfortunate. Um, but when you ask that, they're like, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really like, yeah, I go to church, but I don't really consider myself spiritual. <laughs> what does that mean? What the heck are you talking about? You don't like either either like. Either you're Christian and you identify with that, or I don't know. I almost dare to say like I just want to believe what I want to believe in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's weird because we make a lot of excuses as to why the church doesn't, why why it doesn't work for us. Um, so one thing, one thing I think is wrong, um, or one thing I worry about, is the dying out of passion. Yeah, passion, excitement, holiness, um, a zeal to to truly make the church better, knowing that it's up to us. Or not even make it better, be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, the church is perfect, right? It's it's well, the no, people it's what's well, <laughs> when when you think of the people who make up the church, it's imperfect. Yeah. Right? But the church itself, like the doctrine, the liturgy, that stuff is perfect. Instituted by God himself. Agreed. Okay, so we aren't excited. Let's talk about that. Okay. Who is excited about their faith? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I think a really good example that we can look to, I mean, in my time, my first year at college, um, I met a lot of Protestants, so a lot of Baptists, a lot of Methodists, and I really learned something from them. They are just super excited about their faith and like they want to they want to be a part of it. They're always excited to go to the events that their church is holding, you know? Like I look at a lot of Catholics and it's like, "Oh, like it's Sunday, I have to go to mass." <laughs> I hate when that term is used. I have to go to mass today. <laughs> no, you should want to go to mass today. Um, so yeah, that's something that's really really interesting is the zeal of the Protestants, you know? Um but why, why are they so excited? Why do you think they're so excited? Um, I think it's, I think partially because, well, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess you could take that a few different routes, but I think it's because people are proactive about their faith. Like they're making events for them. They're saying like, guys, come have a night of praise and worship and some of them, that's what their church is, <laughs> simply praise and worship with a gospel reflection. But I'm not, I'm not bashing that. I think the Protestants are doing um, a great job. There, are, many young people are attracted to that, and and I don't, 
I don't look at that as a bad thing. I think that's an amazing thing. And I think it's amazing that Protestants are out here um, asking people if they can pray for them. Protestants, I've even had Protestants approach me and say like, hey, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> and I'm kind of like, uh, yes. <laughs> um, are you about to baptize me right here? What is going on? Um, but, but I think it's really cool, like the zeal that they have to bring Christ into the world. And I think if... I think if us as um, the youth of the church, the Catholic church, I think if we could be half as excited as they are, we could make such an impact on this world. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question, but that's, that's no, what it, they, it did. They have, they have like programs set up that people can be a part of. People want to feel like they're a part of something. People want to feel like they belong. Um, and people, it, it shouldn't just be Christian and I in mass with, 30 people above the age of 75 (laughs) like that's not exciting you know like i'm not gonna be like heck yeah i'm going to mass with it oh i mean yeah it will be like that because it's mass but like it's hard to invite people and make it seem exciting if they have no clue what's going on um so yeah well i think something interesting like how they have all of this stuff for their their, uh, their group of people, you know? Like, they have all of these events that they have yeah. that are so inviting and so welcoming. And I think, like, you know, we have, like, a few things. You know, some churches have youth groups. I mean, some churches are doing really well in this. I've yeah. been to a few parishes that they have a ton of events, and they're always inviting the youth to come. But I dare to say that most parishes around the U.S., at least, I don't know about around the world, but most parishes, they don't, they're not proactive like that. Um, and I think I know why. I think I know the problem, Jude. Uh-oh. I think I know. I'm listening. Think about it. In a parish, there's maybe like two priests, maybe three sometimes. Okay. There's only so much that those priests can do, right? Like, sure. first of all, they have to focus on the liturgy, right? And the sacraments, yeah. The sacraments. That should be their main focus. So it's hard for them to to branch out and do all of this other proactive stuff when they have so much to worry about already. So the problem is that the laity is not stepping up. Mm. The laity needs to put themselves out there and say, how can I offer myself to you? Like, how can I be of service to the church? It shouldn't always just be receiving, you know? Um, there's a really cool quote. <laughs> I forget who said it. But it said, like, you shouldn't always just be an apostolate. You're called to do apostolate. Meaning, like, you shouldn't always just be receiving from the church. You need to give also, you know? If the only thing you're doing with the church is going to Mass, I mean, that's good, but it's just a start. You are also called to, to give of yourself an apostolate, so. Yeah, I think, I think the realization that you have the power to start something awesome is really, really amazing. Because you can see, wait, I don't have to wait for somebody to like start a mission that I can just be a part of. Actually, I can start a mission. I can gather a group of 10 young people and we can go down, downtown, whatever city, and we can serve the homeless. It doesn't have to be some amazing, like super expensive mission that you just like, I don't know, like you fundraised for 10 years for. No, it can be as simple as going down there, handing out like crosses that cost 50 cents 
and just having a conversation with these people, that's a mission. Or putting together a Bible study group or putting together some sort of like group where you can study to learn more about the Catholic Church. Um, knowing that you have the power to start those initiatives is is so awesome. Um, and and stop, like Christian was saying, I think that's I think that's a a great way of looking at it. Like the priest can only do so much, and it's the laity who have to step up and and start these apostolates. Um, so I think I think that's a that's an yeah. awesome point. I think in short, like all of this that we just talked about, is saying that we need more leaders in the church. Yeah. More leaders. Yeah. More leaders and to be more excited, to be more convinced. Like if this is truly what we believe is going to change the world, if this is truly what we believe is going to lead us to eternal life, then why the heck are we not, not bringing God into every aspect of our life? Um, And I think this, I think all of this brings up another worry, another problem that's kind of looming in the church right now. And it's like a mediocre faith. Like people people are just like half believing, you know? They're like, well, I believe some of it. But, you know, there's a few parts that I don't accept. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an option. You either believe in everything or you don't believe at all. The answer is That's D, all of the above. All <laughs> of the above. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know. You can't just pick and choose what you want to believe. Um, and I think that kind of flows into this other problem, you know? People are like, why should I give my time to the church if I don't believe in this part of it? You know? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't believe with the church's stance on gay marriage. I don't believe with the church's stance on whatever, like, how I should go dress to mass. I don't believe in all these things. Like, well, maybe it's not the church who has to change. Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe it's you who has to step up and say, you know what? This church with 2,000 years of wisdom and history and people praying about it and people thinking about it and contemplating it, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe my faith isn't where it needs to be. And maybe I need to reflect on what I can do better. Um, yeah. with, with that, like, with that mediocre faith, we can't move mountains <laughs> right we can't um be who we're be who we're called to be yeah. um there's a quote by saint therese of Lisieux, and she says you cannot be half a saint you must be a whole saint or no saint at all mm. there's no halvesies <laughs> you, don't, you don't you don't just get to take what you want right the parts that you like oh that's so good because if you remember in one of our earlier podcasts talking about sainthood, a saint is anybody who makes it to heaven. So like if you, if your faith is at a point where you're like, okay, well I'll go to mass and I'll pray when I need something. But all the other times, like I just want to have fun. I want to seek the pleasures in this world. I want to do whatever I want. I want to be free. (laughs) Hashtag self care. (laughs) Oh, so cute. Guess what? There's no half saints. There's no halfway making it to heaven, right? Either you're going to make it there because you've lived a life of trying to be a better person, trying to serve God, trying to serve others, or you live a life trying to serve yourself. And I think that's where where mediocrity kind of sets in when you think 
you know what? Like, I'm doing a, like, I'm kind of, like, I believe, but some things I don't believe, and I'm okay where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. or like or dangerous. Like, I also find a lot of times people complaining about, like, their parish, like, oh, like, you know, they don't do this, and they don't do that. Well, it's, it's pointless to constantly complain about the church because you are the church. Like, the laity is the church. The building isn't the church. I mean, whatever. It's a building. But we, as the lady, are the church. So, like, there's no reason to complain because you're the one that needs to step up and help fix that. You know? Yeah. Like, if you see a problem, then step up. Don't just sit there and complain about it. Right. There's something that my football coach would always say. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things my football coach would always say. <laughs> Most of them I cannot recite. But... Um, one thing he would always say is don't just be part of the problem, be part of the solution. And I think that's so good. If you're going to sit here and complain and complain and complain, nothing's going to change unless like you are proactive about that problem that you see. If you see that a problem in our church is that we have people who aren't like, they don't have respect for the Eucharist or they don't have, um, Whatever, like, whatever problem you might see. I don't know. I can't think of what problems you might think. But think of a way that you can change that. Don't just sit here and lay on your couch watching your favorite TV show for seven hours and say, like, oh, well, the church isn't catering to my needs. Like, no, go out and do something about it. That's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to be able to make... um make the church what it's supposed to be, what Christ made it to be. Yeah. I want to touch on something real quick, like take a step back. When we were talking about like picking and choosing what parts of the church you want to believe. Um, and this comes from a, a priest was giving us a talk a few weeks ago. And he said this and it really like stuck with me. He said, things aren't true because the church says them. The church says them because they are true. So, I don't like a lot of people pick and choose because they say, well, I mean, the church makes all this stuff up, you know? So, um, how can it be true? Well, no, the church doesn't just make it up. They say all these things because they're true, because they've been revealed through divine intervention, through. Um, What's the word? Tradition through scripture, you know? If you look at the mass, like the mass is straight from scripture. Nothing in the mass is just made up. <laughs> like you can really break down every single part of the mass and it's all straight from the Bible. Yeah. Now, now this isn't, this isn't to say that everything you've heard your priest say or a priest say is like, church teaching, right? Men are, they're fallible, right? And, and when you realize that, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe a priest or a bishop or whatever, they can say something that isn't according to church teaching, but it's not up to you to just say, ah, you know what? That priest said something that was wrong. Therefore, I'm going to leave the Catholic church. Or I choose to just like go to mass on Sunday because it's the least amount of thing. It's the least amount that I have to do. And other than that, like, I don't want to be a part of it because that priest is like saying things that are wrong. Yeah. 
Um, now I don't think that's, I don't think that's the correct solution to the problem. Um, but rather turning to see, turning to the catechism to see what the church actually teaches on that. I think that's a more practical approach to the problem. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think that with mediocrity, um, one more thing that, that comes to mind is kind of along the same lines as mediocrity is people who, people who live a very complacent Christian life. I think that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem. The biggest problem. I think. I think that's the greatest beast that attacks the church today. Okay. Why do you think that's the biggest problem? Like, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, complacency, right? Like, you feel like you're already doing good enough. Like, you're, already, you're fine. You're fine. You're complacent with where you're at. Oh, I go to church on Sundays, therefore I'm a good person. You know? That's it. I don't need to do more. No. <laughs> that's barely even a start. <laughs> you're literally doing the, the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. That is... That is super true. Um, I think one thing that really helps with that, and maybe if you're struggling with feeling like you're already doing enough, realizing that each day is an opportunity to grow more. Um, and maybe this will start by you looking back at the end of each day, uh, doing what's called an examination of conscience, looking back at your day and saying, at what, what points today did I fail? At what points today did I but like I didn't do the right thing or I didn't do exactly what God was asking me to not only sins like that you committed, but sins of omission, things that you didn't do. I feel like that, yeah, that can help you to important. see like each day I'm called to be a better person. I'm not called to just sit here and like, okay, I believe in God and I do some good things and therefore I'm good. I'm saved. <laughs> Like, that's not it. It's, it's a continual journey each day. It's, it's that willingness to give out of yourself and to the church and to other people and to Christ's very heart. Um, and we need that. We need that today more than ever. We need not, I mean, yes, young people, but we need everybody. If, <laughs> if only the whole world could understand <laughs> that premise, right? Think about how beautiful the world would be if everybody understood, like, man, I have to love my neighbor as myself. Like, I have to serve other people. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> if you put, if you put, like, Catholic, like, Catholic, or just virtue, virtue. If you think of the world just full of virtue, like, everything, everybody, like, is worried about, not worried about, but thinks about serving other people. Everybody's honest. Everybody, like, yeah. complete, perfect virtue. And then that's what heaven's going to be like. So wow. pretty promising. <laughs> yeah. So complacency or like indifference, you know, you just, you're like, well, I should worry about myself, you know, my own holiness and that'll be good enough. Well, even that's flawed. Um, now I turn to one of, one of the greatest saints of our times, Maximilian Colby. This is a man who literally gave up his life for to save the life of another. Um, if you don't know his story, I suggest you go read a little bit about him. But he said that the greatest poison of our time is indifference. 
That's crazy to think about. That he said that's the biggest problem is that people are just indifferent. They could care less. Like they don't care either way. Mm. As long as as long as I'm I'm doing good, then we're all good. Well, no, it's obviously not true. <laughs> yeah, it's a lack of concern. Um, man, that's that's super powerful because you think you think how many times even in our own lives people just say like. I don't, I don't care about that person. Like, why should I have to do something for that? I don't, I mean, I don't care. I don't care to, yeah, I don't know. One thing that keeps popping into my mind is just service for others. You think about how selfish our world is and that's, and and it's not always like, kind of like to that point, it's not always out of hate. It's not because we have something against somebody. It's just that we're indifferent and we can't see that each person has a, has a dignity about them that they're created in God's image and God's image and that they deserve somebody to show them love. They deserve somebody to, to care about them. But it's like this hardness of heart that says like, I just want to live my life for myself. I want to create my own happiness. Like, I don't know. How can you, how can we say like how, I wish it were easy to explain an experience of God and true joy. Like, I wish it were just easy for me to say, do this and then you'll see true happiness. But it, it requires that. You have to be open. Yeah. And you have to be vulnerable with God, <laughs> not just like with other people. Like, oh, these are all my wounds and this is how, like, whatever. No, be honest with God. Yeah, I think it's cool to think about um when sometimes you hear how am i supposed to to love god you know like <laughs> how am i supposed to love god i've never met god well are you spending time with him think about that like your girlfriend let's say you have a girlfriend or if you're a girl boyfriend how are you <laughs> how are you supposed to love your significant other if you never spend time with them I mean, it's a little bit different with God. We spend time with him in prayer, right? Or throughout our day. But that that answers that question. Like, It's hard for you to love him because you're not spending time with him. You're not giving of yourself to him. Um, but once you start doing that, you can have an experience. You can love him. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that one thing that can really help us with this is kind of as you mentioned like leadership in our church and I think I think it's time to say that especially us as men um, and I mean women as well in their own in their own way like to step up and be leaders but you know what I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the men of the church I'm going to call out the men who claim to serve God. Um, brothers, I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to be an example. Um, and girls, this is, this is what we should be expecting from guys. Now, I'm not super well versed on like <laughs> what a girl should be, right? Like what? Like, I don't know. I don't have that like <laughs> feminine mindset, but um just a few things. I don't know, Christian, if you want to add anything while I say this. Um, as a man of God, I will. 
that's the first thing I want to start with. As a man of God, I will. Kind of like I was saying, I will be better than I was yesterday. You know what? Each day, I'm going to look back and say, what, what did I do wrong today? And how can I be better tomorrow? And it's not, again, it's not in these like huge like, oh, today I said three Hail Marys and tomorrow I'm going to pray 10 rosaries, <laughs> which is 500 Hail Marys. Like, forget about it. That was good math. <laughs> Quick math. Like, be a little bit better. Try your best to just do the little things that will ultimately change the world. If you knew, if you knew how much you led, by example, if you knew how many people are inspired by things you do without you ever knowing, gosh, you would like die of joy. <laughs> um, you wanna Yeah. As a man of God, I will strive to live heroic virtue in the small things. Like Jude was saying, it's not about taking big steps or doing big things. Like it's not about going from three Hail Marys to 500 Hail Marys the next day, but living heroic virtue in the small things. So the little parts of your day, uh, it's kind of funny. Me and Jude were talking about this. Um, this is how small this can be. <laughs> we're talking about, I don't know if you ever experienced the times where, <laughs> how the heck did you explain this? Jude was saying he was walking in the hallway and he saw a room with the light on. And he walked past it. And as he was walking past, he was like, man, why didn't I just turn that light off? Like, it would have been so easy for me to do that. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then I spent the next like 10 seconds while walking away from the room, like arguing with myself. <laughs> I walked like all the way around the corner. And then I was like, man, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, why don't I just turn around and go turn off the light? Like it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter whether or not the light stays on. But like, I just had this moment of crisis, like, dang it, I have to go turn that light off. <laughs> and then I turned around and went, turn the light off. And, and I just asked myself like, why the heck was that so hard? Yeah. Like, I, I don't need, I don't know. Maybe I was on like a mission to go get some food or something, but like, why, why are little things like that so difficult? But, <laughs> but that, that's what, I feel like that's what heroic virtue is. It's not like dying for someone or doing some big thing i think it's little stuff like that like one example for me this when we're talking about this i related very similarly the other night i was in bed and i was like man i should probably like that we have like a kneeler in our room with like a crucifix on the wall it's like man i should probably just kneel down real quick and say a prayer but i was like already in bed and i was like nah never mind like, i'm good i don't need to do that i was like I mean, but God would be pretty happy if I did that. <laughs> I was like, no, God loves me anyway. <laughs> I like had the same little battle in my head. Like, it's just little stuff like that. That's heroic virtue. So, yeah. Good. Um, and now maybe we can give two. Like, I'll give one, you give one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, as a man of God, I will not. Will um, not. As a man of God, I will not... This is one of my favorites. I will not complain about things I cannot change. Um, for example, like the temperature outside or other. These are, these are common phrases that you can hear throughout your day. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm thirsty. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, like, dude, like, who cares? Honestly. Um, like I, like I don't know. I, dudes, mate. Like, it really like for for girls. It's I mean, 
whatever. Like, it doesn't bother me if a girl says, like, hey, it's really, like, hot in here. It's like, okay. But if a dude's, like, sitting there, like, oh, it's so hot in here. Uh, like, dude, like, man up. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, everybody's hot. Guess what? It's 100 degrees for everyone out here. So, like, calm down. Like, just keep moving on. Learn how to make, like, learn how to offer it up. Like, make something a sacrifice. Say, hey, you know what? It's super hot in here. And I know that I'm not going to be able to change it if I sit here and let everybody know how hot it is in here. (laughs) So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to think about somebody who needs, like, my prayer and I'm going to offer it up for them. I'm going to say, you know what? I really want to say it's hot in here and let everybody know that I'm suffering so everybody can feel bad for me, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to say, I don't know. If you don't understand offering up things for people, then I guess this kind of sounds bogus, but like I'm going to offer this up for my mom. And hopefully like God sees that I'm suffering and I'm offering it up and hopefully she gets like a blessing for this. Mm. All right. As a man of God, I will not disrespect women. Oof. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. It's so sad because that happens so much in today's society. Like it's become the norm. Like disrespecting women. And women, like, I feel like sometimes okay, I'm not generalizing women here. <laughs> but like I know in college for me, like there's a lot of girls in college who it's, it's like they expect that now. So now they, they live expecting that, which is super sad. Yeah. Like I forget how you were saying it the other day. Um, like we disrespect women. So it's not like, like telling them they're ugly or something, not that. Yeah. But looking at them impurely. You know, like, calling them lower. Yeah. (laughs) We, yeah, I think this is something that is going to be a whole podcast topic one day. Um, But the fact that we, we're called as men to protect women. And in fact, we're doing the opposite. All we do is constantly, like, use them. Or not everyone. I don't mean to make it sound like everyone's doing it. But it's a huge problem in our society today. Like the way guys talk to girls. It's constantly about using them and not being able to see how beautiful they truly are. Not being able to see how beautifully they're made. And that they're different than us. Um, so, so as like when we say we're not going to disrespect women. That means... You know, as a man of God, I'm not going to look at a girl and immediately think like, or ever think how I can use her. That's not normal. That is unhealthy. I'm not going to turn to things to like pornography or um, just like lusting after girls because I have this desire for like a girl in my heart. No, the desire you have is natural and it's meant to be sought after in a natural way. Um, For example... Taking a girl on a date, getting to know her, not immediately going to like, oh, so like, what are we going to do? want to go back to my place. <laughs> like, that is... I have mojitos. I have mojitos. Like, that is unhealthy and an imbalanced way of, um, <laughs> I, and I dare to say, it is a, um, like, um, 
what you're going to find is false love. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so again, we're going to have a whole podcast on that, but guys realize your duty and girls, um, who are listening to this, realize that if a guy doesn't respect you the way that you deserve to be respected, then he isn't, he isn't worthy of like one moment of being with you. Um, and I truly believe that. And all of these things that Christian and I are saying, we don't say this because we have it figured out. We're perfect and we're saints and all these things. No, forget about it. Like we're just as much dude as you are <laughs> and just as much human as we are, like you all are. So remember that it's not something that we've figured out perfectly and we're like preaching for our own example, but it's this desire to be better and this desire to let let it be known that as Christians, we're called to be different. We're not called to be a part of the world. We're called to pull people out of this world and into this like, into this heavenly truth. Um, maybe that sounded really weird, but <laughs> I guess that's more like theological. No, that's um, a good point. Is that something me and Jude were talking about the other night? We were saying, <laughs> I, we we're talking. Jude Jude gave a talk the other day, and he was kind of like mentioning how. You know, he kind of felt bad because he was saying some of these things, but they're things that he's working on as well. You know, it's not like he's got it all figured out. And I said, well, I mean, if that was the case, then nobody would have the right to give talks, you know, because nobody's perfect. So, yeah, it's something that, I mean, these are things that we (laughs) need to work on as well, you know? Yeah. And I think kind of, I don't know if you're ready to wrap it up or if you have some more thoughts, but one thing that... I want to say is one thing that I feel like stops a lot of people from being who Christ is um, being who Christ is calling them to be is this feeling of I'm not good enough or I'm not perfect. Therefore, how could I tell other people about God? Like I'm a sinner. I'm flawed. Well, guess what? We all are. None of us are perfect. So stop complaining about it. Stop worrying about it. And let's get to work. Let's start doing the small things that can change this world. Let's start giving to other people. Let's start serving the poor. Like, stop thinking that you're so, you're such a bad person. Like, you're, you're beautifully created in God's image. And so accept that. Accept that you're going to make mistakes. But accept that you can do good and accept that you can be a saint. Um, like, and ask God for forgiveness. Go to confession. Be open with other people and let them know that you're struggling so that you can be better. Um, but we have a great mission in front of us, so. Wow, I'm inspired. <laughs> Dude, I don't even like, I'm listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to this later and be inspired. I'm really inspired right now. Thank you, Jude. Hey, it's not what I do. It's who I am. It's what I, I think. Oh, wait, that's actually really good. Like, being Christian isn't something that you do. It's somebody who you are. I mean, of course, you are Christian. (laughs) Literally. But also, you are a Christian. And it's somebody that you... I'm the Christian. No. No. You're a crab. That's why we don't call you Christian on this podcast. Because it'd be really confusing sometimes. Yeah. Hey, Christian. And the podcast listeners would be like, yeah? (laughs) 
Hey, you Christian out there. <laughs> yeah, it's me. All right, anyways, I feel like we've put forth a interesting topic. I hope you feel roasted. I hope you, <laughs> actually, no, I hope you don't feel roasted. But I hope we all feel the call after this to step up. Yeah, knowing that we have a mission. And if you, if there is anything that you feel like, hey, maybe, um, like, this is another problem in our church that I want Jude and Christian to talk about, like, let us know somehow. Um, yeah, the Twitter's dead, let's be honest. Yeah, none of you guys follow our Twitter. I don't even have the Twitter app, so. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, just text us. <laughs> yeah, just... But we want to be able to answer these questions. Um, And if it's something that you and your friends talk about, let us know. Make a podcast about it. You guys can listen to it. Um, Give us feedback. We want to be able to help Christ's kingdom grow. So Actually, yeah, please give us feedback. Like, just send us a message or something. Just tell us what you want to hear. Tell us, like, what we're doing. Or what you'd like to see us do better. Because that's the only way we're going to grow. Be a better podcast. So That's right. Hit us up. And thank you guys for your time. Thank you for your prayers. Um, and let us together build the kingdom. Dude, why do you speak so inspirationally? Everything you say has to be like super <laughs> inspirational. It's the Red Bull, man. It's not it's the me. Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. And inspiration. All right. I want to do it. You, did you can time. do it. Go forth. The podcast has ended. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Thanks, Speedy God. Oh, shoot. Hashtag. Patron Wong Challenge. Patron Wong Challenge. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>